Microphone check. One, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. And we're back with another episode of QLC TV. My name is Rohan and I'm the host of this lovely show where I aim to give you authentic insight into the world of music, which will be a primary focus as it's my absolute utmost passion in the world. I just love music. I'll also be talking about politics as the other key focus, as well as some culture sports sprinkled in, as well as topics about growing into adulthood and personal development. As all of this is delivered from the perspective of a 25-year-old Indian man living in Canada, trying to make sense of not only myself, but of the world. So all in all, I thank you so much for listening and taking part in this creative journey that I'm embarking on with QLC TV. And I just hope that this platform will not only give myself, but give those listening something nice to look forward to when they wake up in the morning. Because if I achieved that, then I've succeeded. Hey everybody, welcome to QLC TV episode 17. I am here with a very special guest, Jean-Luc. He is a friend of mine that used to go to school with me, but also, and most importantly, he is a very opinionated and sometimes people would say controversial blogger, creator from our uh, local town here, Ottawa, Ontario, and Canada. And he runs a blog called The Blog About Nothing. And his blog covers mainly hip-hop music, societal, cultural issues, but even also other things like sports, poetry, and pretty much any kind of topics that are relevant in today's society. His blog covers it. And I've been reading his blog for, for quite, quite some time now, and I've been consistently impressed with just how like evocative he can be with his writing and how he can really kind of cause a stir and make you think. So I think he's a very engaging kind of creator. And what I wanted to do today is bring him on to discuss a couple recent events that have happened that he's wrote about that really got me thinking. And I thought, why not just have a discussion here and kind of uh, dive into these topics a bit further. And so what we want to be talking about today is going to be a uh, local university here in Ottawa, the University of Ottawa, uh, had a controversy involving a prof using the N-word and actually saying the word. Then we're going to talk about the whole Ice Cube pseudo controversy, I guess you could call it, with trying to engage with the Trump administration to get some black priorities included in the platform. And then I kind of want to have a broader discussion about kind of racial tensions going on in in North America, but really worldwide and just overall discussion about like where we think that's going to go. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with some some talk about some hip hop. But first, uh, before we jump in, you know, I just want to say thank you for joining. I, I really appreciate you taking the time here. And is there anything you wanted to kind of talk about before or introduce yourself any even more before we dive right in? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I appreciate that introduction. That's really nice of you. Very kind. Appreciate your support, Rohan, you know. Um, I'm Jean-Luc, JL, that's my nickname. You know, uh, I try to speak my mind. Um, I try to express myself and, uh, you know, sometimes it's controversial, but it's uh, the truth according to me. And, uh, you know, in this world, I think that's kind of lost. People want to be sheep. People want to follow and they don't want to be individuals. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's what I am. Uh, I, even though I am opinionated, I'm open to other people's opinions as well. You know, um, I like to debate. 
I like different points of views. And uh, if you enjoy or you want to explore my side of the world, you want to see what's going on with me, check out the blog. Um, hopefully there's a link in the description yeah, or a yeah, link yeah, somewhere. We'll that in there. Uh, and follow me on social media and that'll be around. All right. Okay, Let's get perfect. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So starting with this University of Ottawa controversy here. So quick background, a professor, she's a part-time professor. Her name is Varushka Lieutenant Duval. So I'm assuming French. And so she works at the University of Ottawa and in a discussion involving kind of gender roles and reappropriating words, uh, while explaining how some groups had reappropriated terms considered slurs at the time, she used black people and the N-word as an example and actually said the word, uh, the N-word during that discussion. It sparked obviously a lot of like, uh, this is all Zoom, correct me if I'm wrong, right? So it's it's Zoom. So this is no in-person discussion. <clears throat> yeah. But those Zoom breakout sessions were going wild and people were really upset. And so what happened was is that throughout their discussion in the uh, within the class, she replied to someone's complaint saying like, why did you use that word? Like, I'm not a, like, that's obviously hurtful. Why would you say something like that? And her response was something along the lines of, you know, we should, uh, I understand your concerns, pretty milk toast kind of thing. And like, let's just, yeah, she was dismissive. This. Yeah, it, yeah, it really, yeah. it sounded like it was as if someone complained that she, like, about something like just not important, like something like, oh, I didn't like uh, your perspective on Socrates's position on X. And then she's like, you know what? That's right. That makes sense. Let's discuss and debate. It was like so, like, it just had no kind of it was like laissez fast like oh okay whatever yeah. you know let's, yeah, let's uh let's discuss it. discuss it it's all open here and it's just yeah it's really uh, lack of recognition and awareness there so mm-hmm. i wanted to get your thoughts on this and i've already read some of it obviously through the through your blog but i find this kind of topic pretty interesting because like i mean i'm not black so i don't i don't have mm-hmm. a real say in terms of what a, what black people should be feeling about anything like this i can only really comment on how the non-black people in the situation reacted were mm. was the, did they like i mean it's hard to even uh, like give a olive branch to this person but i'm thinking what was going on through their head do they not know but anyways i'm not going to go into what i think first but let's just get your your thoughts sum up your position on this whole controversy yeah definitely you know um the way you broke it down was pretty clear um so when i wrote my blog post about a week ago i wrote that professors yes have the right to say the n-word to say nigger you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but i said that they have to understand the consequences of that and they have to handle that discussion in the right way you get what i'm trying to say yeah that was the whole point of my article right so and if so we what, are quickly, a, what would be the right mm, way to you? The right way to me is having respect and approaching that debate and discussion as a mature adult and understanding that there's other people who get very offended by the use of that word, specifically mm-hmm. Black folks, who get really triggered by that. And you have to be very careful in how you address it and you have to show respect, right? right. So for example, I'm not going to say offensive words for the sake of uh 
you know, academia for no reason, right? You can express yourself academically, especially in a university context. Right. You and me both went to U Ottawa, right? There was mm-hmm. definitely awkward subjects, subjects that you probably didn't agree with and things that you maybe you did strongly agree with or feel really hard about, right? But I think the issue with this whole controversy is the way in which she, the professor, handled it. Right. And the way that she was almost dismissive and her follow-up emails and also the climate of U Ottawa. So it's if we take this in context, and if we take context of what U Ottawa is and its reputation, then she should not have said it, period. Right. Right? Because you uh, Ottawa is known for being very anti-black and racist. Period. Mm-hmm. That, those are facts. I'm not saying anything new. I'm not saying anything even controversial. I can list off several events, not yeah, even just, just, just according to me. For the listeners' perspective you know here, just so they can understand, like some of those examples. Uh, mm-hmm. One notable one was I don't know a couple years ago, two three years ago, involving these black students who got carded on the campus. And this actually, I was seeing when I was kind of looking at some context here, they got carded on the campus, were treated very hostile as if they were, they had no business being on this uh, campus for U Ottawa. And there was a, like a report after like a formal investigation that determined it was clear that race, race had a reason why all of that situation unfolded. uh, Exactly. Exactly. It was ignorant and it was discriminatory, right? Right. And it even happened the last uh, fall. It was an RA, a Black RA, so residential assistant. So he's basically helping residents and being a a very good example in the U Ottawa campus community who was also carded. Mm -hmm. And then they released the results of that investigation uh, I think a few months ago, and they concluded that there was racial bias and discrimination exactly. in that. So it's not like I'm making this up. It's literally in papers. It's literally been investigated. This university has a history of racial discrimination and racist tendencies. So in that context, this professor is not only wrong, but is super, super ignorant to the point of stupidity. I, yeah, yeah. And I understand what people people could say that she's racist, because if you are in that institution and you're bringing up words like that, words that are sensitive to people, words that hurt black folks, you should not use it. And academic freedom as an excuse is really pathetic. Right. So why I, I wrote that article is because I was triggered, man. I remembered my experience in the universe experiences at U Ottawa and how, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, they really were had some kind of biases and looks and tendencies and within the institution itself. So I'm not surprised that 10,000 students signed a petition saying that they should not use the N-word. Now, if I, if this school, U Ottawa, was known to be extremely tolerant, very open with Black people, very, uh, uh, really, really friendly and diverse, this would not be a controversy at all. It's almost like when you're heating up a pot and it's boiling mm-hmm. and then it reaches to uh, it reaches to a point where it starts steaming and the pot, you know, evaporates, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At that point, we had reached, you know, the campus, the, 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 the black people in the U Ottawa community had reached to a point where they had enough. It had mm-hmm. boiled to the extreme and it took something like this, which I actually agree with. I agree, professors regardless of race, can use the N-word in a 
academic context, mm-hmm. but it reached to a point where people had had enough. And I support the students. 10,000 plus students signed a petition saying, hey, professors should not use that word in class. And it's because they understand the BS, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, the part-time student, part-time professor association, I think it's APT something, mm-hmm. um, 30 professors signed this petition saying, hey, um, this professor should not have been suspended. Right, for, right. Now, that, um, that is what I was going to get to. That's a, the other part yeah. of this discussion. Exactly. And it's kind of funny how most of those professors who signed that are French professors. And I don't know if you want to get into that component, but a lot of French Canadian uh, people, you know, I'm just going to sound like generalization, but just follow me, are really ignorant towards black yeah. people. And some are straight up yeah. racist. You know, like, I, I feel like so. it's not I won't make a direct comparison because I do think that's unfair to French Canadian in general, the history. But it's kind of like the it's kind of like what people talk about the South and the States, except it's just not to that degree. Nice. The But like the segment of this population, there is more history around being more racist in that in those oh, in, uh, in the place in Quebec. And for those who don't know, Canada uh, yeah. Quebec is just the French-speaking part of Canada. Absolutely. Well, what really had me vexed and really annoyed is the fact that all these part-time professors who are French are willing to sign um, a, 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 a protest and you know really get up in arms about you know uh, academic expression. Right. But then when it comes to other issues happening on campus, like the carding situation, um, when it comes to, you know, uh, racial injustice that's happening, they are so quiet. They're quiet oh as a God. mouse. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that kind of yeah. funny, bro? Isn't that that, that, that's what I find just so, it's so <laughs> pathetic. Like, you're gonna, like, because, like, I agree, like, from my outsider's point of view, I can understand how, like you said, if the context was different and we were in this school or this school was so liberal and whatever progressive whatever words you want to put it i can understand it but even then the it's almost like i feel like it's the audacity of these part-time profs to go because like they know this was a controversy they didn't sign the petition before it became a controversy they knew full well whoa this is becoming a big moment like news wise media wise and i'm gonna put my name beside this like meaningless like i understand academic expression I understand it could be potentially viewed differently, but why are you going so hard on such a pretty much in con- Like there's no, like if someone, if she had the conversation said black people have reappropriated the use, uh, the, the word, uh, the N word. And you just said the N word. No one's like, I don't understand what you're saying. This means yes. not, like, no, you don't saying the <laughs> word is not adding anything to the, the conversation at all. Like, oh. and it I, just, I, I, kind of oh. makes no sense and to the, the audacity to know like you said be so quiet for so many other things and to go so hard on a topic that is going to potentially jeopardize like your your uh your uh whatever you call it you're like their job their career yeah their jobs their yeah. like identity people are going to see their names it's like a it's your name you know like your whole identity it's, it's so quite stupid, unbelievable. Like, it's so stupid. And you know what's crazy? It's funny how other universities literally right next to us, like Carleton, don't have issues like this. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that funny? 
it's actually not funny. It's pathetic because you Ottawa should be a better example than that. You know what I mean? If this was a a white professor um, who actually understood the the context and didn't belittle people for being offended, if this was a white professor who really articulated themselves in the right way and was it a school that was tolerant and understanding and actually treated Black people fairly, there would be zero complaints. Right. zero signatures this would be a non-issue yeah and I, I i definitely agree with you and, and like it also shows like i was reading some of her quotes after she and i quote said this is a literal this is a person who's supposed to be paid thousands of dollars i understand she's not a full-time prof but she's a part-time prof no. we as students pay four thousand plus canadian dollars a semester to get to get teaching from someone who will literally say, this is the first time when I teach this course that the mention of this word provokes a reaction. I see that it is therefore a word that, this is the part, I see that it is therefore a word that has become very sensitive again and that have no, having known, I would have not given it as an example. You, where you see does this person live where this word was not sensitive and then just became sensitive? Like, Oh my God! The lack of awareness. This is genuinely disturbing. Like, she, she. It's not a lack of awareness. She's just ignorant. She's ignorant to the point, right, borderline yeah. racist. And at the end of the day, that's why I don't trust white people who use that word. And you know, I don't trust. Like, you know, I've had white friends who've actually, you know, tried to discuss this word with me. I'm like, no, not in my presence. And you shouldn't say that. Period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Have some respect. You know respect me like your gay friends or your friends with the mental the, the, uh, disabilities or p- people who are marginalized, things like that. I'm not a woke warrior, obviously. We're going to go into the Trump topic, yeah. but I'm a respect person, right? Mm-hmm. Have some respect, right? She clearly, this professor has no respect. She's not going to change. My guess is there's going to be another controversy like this and uh, the uh, I, I think the president of uh, U Ottawa um, might have to reach the point of resigning or at least take some personal accountability because even his response <laughs> wasn't that good. No, you know, it, it caused good, yeah. another crisis or, a, yeah. I, well, you know, situation, not yeah. a crisis, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I feel, you know? No, and I think I think we're pretty aligned on that. I, I yeah. definitely I think, yeah, I think overall, when it comes down to it, it's like, even if there's, like you said, context changes, it doesn't, this isn't even a a really valuable thing that is being censored here. Because that's what I get. It kind of disturbs me. This, I feel like free speech is used a little too much. And it's, or sometimes it's used as a crutch or as a deflection by some of the worst people in the world is not just related to this topic and i really get upset when people use free speech because there's actual free speech problems there's actual censorship there's uh Mm -hmm. whatever people think about this guy um that wikileaks dude his name is escaping me but he's getting julian assange yeah and he's getting like completely extra judicial judicial completely no due process he's gonna like lose his life and again i don't condone a lot i feel like he does a lot of shady stuff he's involved a lot of shady stuff but what they actually get him on is just meaningless bullshit it's like you are leaking our government spying on all of our citizens and invading their privacy and and doing all these illegal wars that's so messed up of you to tell people the truth it's just 
that's real free speech that's real like authoritarian 1984 shit it's not not being able to say the n-word like you're not losing anything here in your life it's uh it's it's so dumb man and you know what i i hope there's real change in you ottawa and as an alumni it's just really makes me it makes me sad and mad because Mm -hmm. i'm like even in my experiences on campus i'm like really nothing has changed professors are still doubling down on being ignorant (laughs) it's like it's pathetic but it is what it is i hope there's real substantial change that happens because uh uh, the university needs it yeah okay so i think this can transition nicely into this ice cube situation and trump and voting for trump in general so this is also pretty much in response to both what happened with ice cube and also your your post that you'll obviously elaborate on and basically ice cube uh within the last two weeks now so this is all within about a month of the election the election is next week uh, Mm. and he had these plant these policy ideas that would help uplift the black community in the united states he Mm. presented this now this is the key i think just right up front, my perspective, he got very much smeared by the media because yeah, I initially took that. it by what the, the headline said. And I was like, well, it is kind of sus- suspect here. But he oh. brought this plan to both parties, not just the Trump campaign and said, hey, I have these ideas. I want you to talk about them with me. I want you to do something about these. Pretty basic. The Biden oh. campaign, which I don't think is anything wrong with what they said, uh, which is we don't like we want to talk about this after the election. We and I get it. What are they really going to change in their platform within a month of the election? There's nothing going to happen. And maybe they didn't want to waste his time. So who knows? But they didn't say we'll talk about this later. Trump's campaign said, yeah, let's talk now. They had a meeting. They adopted some of it, modified the language and came up with the platinum plan. And this got a lot of hate pretty much from people who were saying as if Ice Cube, America's most wanted rapper, uh, NWA member, very much against the system, super influential in all those spaces in the black community, was working with the orange man. And basically, you can now just, I'll just give you your, your, your time now to just talk about what you thought about Ice Cube's uh, involvement with this. And then also your greater point, which is the bigger thing for me, is that you if you were an American right now, you would actually vote for Trump over Biden. Hundred percent, I would vote for Trump uh, without hesitation. Controversial coming from a black man, of mm-hmm. course, you know. Yep. But I'm going to tell you the reason and why. And it wasn't because of Ice Cube. No, it wasn't because of Ice Cube. It was all leading up to that. So when Ice Cube said that he gave plans to both uh, campaigns. One said, okay, we will adjust our plan and try to use some of your uh, ideas inside this plan. Yes, we'll try and we'll release a plan. And the Biden campaign, as you just said, said they would wait after the election, right? right? For me, I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid. I understand that, you know, this was probably a strategic plan. Oh, actually, it was definitely a strategic plan by the, you know, Trump administration and Trump campaign to show, A, we got this man on our side. And they understood that uh, Ice Cube himself has a big part in the, you know, American black, the black American 
culture and society, right? Right. But I'm telling you this, when I wrote my post, I was saying this, this was the main argument. And I think a lot of people either misunderstood or were paying attention to the wrong thing. So my argument and my reasoning is that black folks, especially American black people, I can't, I'm, I'm not speaking for Canadian black folks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always voted Democrat and they've had a specific loyalty to one party, right? It's a two party system. And you, when you're known for being loyal to one person, right? They take you for granted, right? So for example, um, what's a good example to use, okay? I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, let's go into sports, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm obviously biased, right? To what happens and what's going on to my favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, right? Mm-hmm. Even when they make dumb decisions, like signing Des Bryant, who hasn't played football in three years, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to be rusty and he might get injured, but I'm biased and I'm going to support my team, right? Black people, especially Black Americans, have been indoctrinated to think that the Democratic Party is the party for them and they're the only way to go. So they, you, then you are blinded to seeing other options and seeing who can give you the best benefit. We, as taxpaying citizens, have the right to pick who, to go with whoever politician mm-hmm. or whatever plan has our best interest at heart, right? We don't have party loyalty. We should not have party loyalty. We should hold politicians accountable and say, hey, what have you done in the past? And why should I go with you instead of him or her, right? Right. Joe Biden was one of the architects of the 94 crime bill. And I know that's a media thing that a lot of people say, but if you really look at it, you know, the 94 crime bill put a lot of black men in jail for first offense first offense, low petty crimes, right? One of the biggest issues in the black community is men not being there in the family, children getting born out of wedlock. 73% of black uh, babies, black, uh, black children are born in out of wedlock, mm-hmm. right? 73%, that's huge, right? I'm not saying wedding is the greatest thing all this, but they're born in a situation where sometimes the parents are not together or maybe the parent leaves, something happens. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them are in that situation because a lot of black children and black families are in that situation because the father is in jail, right? Jail can be linked to poverty. It can be linked to a lot of things, right? Uh, Violence and all that. But when you raise a child without a father, right? That affects the child in multiple ways. And there's been studies upon studies that prove that. Joe Biden is the guy who architected, (laughs) who helped architect the bill that got more black people in jail. Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris was a district district attorney in California, right? And she got hundreds of black men in jail as a prosecutor. I'm not saying that Trump is some saint to black people. I'm not saying he's actually even a good guy. I honestly, I think he's a very annoying person. He's entertaining, he's annoying, he's ignorant, he's stupid, right? But has he done more for black folks than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Yes. I'm done with the people just voting because somebody's a symbol or somebody looks like us, right? 
a lot of people were very disappointed in Barack Obama during his presidency. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. black people were were up there. You know what I mean? I heard, you know, I'll research this again, but apparently Obama had done did more for gay people than he did for black people, according to the policies that he let out. Now, is that bad? No, it's a great thing. But if I'm a black person and I'm going to go vote, I'm going to see which person or which candidate has done more for my people and my interest. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Same way you, Rohan, you're South Indian, right? South Asian, my bad. Um, You should vote according to your interest. What the candidate is going to do for you. You are a recent graduate. What does the candidate have to offer you? And it's fair for you to do that. And anybody listening if you're a tax-paying citizen, you have every right to vote for whoever is appealing to your best interest. And for me, I'm rather go with Trump, regardless of the rhetoric he says, regardless of all that stuff. This man has freed a lot of, uh, has given clemency to a lot of uh, prisoners, black prisoners. He has tried, he's invested in HBCUs, giving millions to them. And he's actually doing things and planning with Ice Cube and other influential black people to try to improve things for the black community now until i see a comprehensive history of joe biden's work kamala's work then i'll go with it and here's my final point so the wonders of zoom recordings uh hit us here uh jean-luc's internet died out so i'm just gonna put us back in the place where we finally got back on track when he reconnected okay so uh as i was saying my final point is um in general, as uh, black people, you know, as our people, we we sometimes have a fierce loyalty to things that might, or people who might not benefit us. And we have to learn to play within the uh, governmental and capitalist system. Um, in my blog post, I made reference to uh, Jewish lobbyist groups, mm-hmm. right? and uh, how the system works, especially the system of power and influence and money. We have to, as a people, go towards where the power is. Donald Trump is currently in power. He's the current president. Why not test him and say, hey, this is what we want as Black people. This is what we want as people who are in poverty. Here's our plan. Can you make this happen? You make this happen, we give you votes. Same way lobbyists in the U.S. governmental system work. Uh, AT&T gives money to uh, Joe Biden, then he's going to look out for them. Communist China gives money to, uh, you know, maybe Trump, then he's going to work for them. Right. At the end of the day, I believe that we should be more selective as Black folks and be like, hey, this is what we want. If you're in power, make it happen. If you want to get our vote, make it happen. There are whole neighborhoods in Brooklyn who are full of Jewish people and they'll vote according to what their rabbi says. And the rabbi probably goes to the politician and says, hey, this is what we want for our community. Make it happen. You have 10,000 votes. Why can't mm-hmm. we do that as black folks? And that's that's my final point on that. You know what I mean? Okay. No, so I, I really appreciate that. That was very comprehensive. You you gave me a lot to to react to here. And I wrote notes, yeah. I was prepared. <laughs> like I think... So I'll, I'm going to go quickly address the ice cube part of it. Cause I think that's like the most, I think we're pretty aligned on that except one point. 
I again, like I said, I think he was smeared. I, they made it seem like he only went to the Republicans as if he was like had a particular preference, which people had took issue with, which wasn't the case. I do think, though, the timing of this pretty much made it so that Ice Cube allowed himself to be played like a pawn. And like you, you kind of mentioned okay. it, Trump is using him like his token black guy and like it's actually yeah. kind of gross yeah. to see his son donald trump jr he tweeted like a, a photo of him of ice cube in a maga hat and who was the other um there was another it was black 50, person, cent. 50 cent it was yeah, 50, 50 cent, 50 cent. yeah 50 cent yeah 50 cent yeah with trump hats <laughs> and and he just said it and it was just it, it kind of made me sick and i'm like cube you could have done this like if he did this two three months ago i would feel so much differently i just feel like it was, he kind of just played a little stupidly there. Otherwise, I have no problem with him trying to, like you said, advocate for his people. And that leads me, that leads me to like the real discussion here. And mm. I think that what you're saying is really important about, and I do agree that people need to understand that there's totally a validity to voting according to your primary kind of group or interest group, however you mm. want to call it, first. And that's how a lot of other communities work. So why not do that? I think that's how a lot of people view things and how that's how a lot of people actually vote. Uh, mm. But I think people oftentimes, it could be due to racial bias. It could be due to an ignorance. But people do have a certain feel a certain way when people vote based on their race, particularly when it's with black people. And I don't know I, I that we can get into it. There's probably a lot of racism reasons or why. But mm -hmm. I think that people, like you said, they view this differently, even though rich people, what do they vote for? They vote for their interests too, tax breaks, things like that. Jewish people, like you said, but other people, why would how could I look at a gay person and say, oh, you're going to vote for Obama because he's going to legalize your right to marry someone? That's messed up. Look what he's going to do in in uh, the Middle East. Like those matter however way, however kind of like degree you want them to. And I can't tell someone to not vote according to something that will impact them the most. So I think we're, we're pretty aligned there. The, the, and overall, I think conceptually, I have no problem with what you're saying. I just think maybe our evaluation of what's reality or facts is different here because starting yeah. with the trump trump did more for biden i mean trump did more for black people than biden and kamala i agree in that i don't think trump has done much of anything good i think he's continued negative policies that haven't changed under his administration but he hadn't he didn't co-sign or directly write the crime bill which was one of the most destructive things to happen to the black community in a long, long time in America. And Kamala is trash. I had like episode six of my show. I episode five or six. I talk about how horrible she is. So Kamala I didn't I, even get any delegates. Yeah. In the Democratic a, primary. She's a pure, <laughs> like she's a pure symbolistic uh, symbolist kind of uh, candidate there. And Identity politics. Anyways, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No. So like I, I'm agreeing with you that he's done more technically, but it's more by, it's kind of by default. And to your point about him letting, like granting clemency to these prisoners, again, I think he just did it just like with Ice Cube. He did a lot of that mainly because of freaking Kim Kardashian and Kanye at the time were, pre were 
meeting with him, making a big deal, pr- promoting yeah. on their social media, how they're working with the Trump campaign. It made him look really good. And it just made perfect sense. He's not an idiot. He went ahead and granted clemency to a handful of like handful of prisoners. It means nothing. He doesn't change any real policy. And I did actually read something recently that Obama did similarly granted clemency to many more black prisoners than Trump did in his time. But I'm not trying to get into some Barack so amazing. I I really have so many things I do do not like. And I find the idolization of him is really gross. Uh, To your point, it's just because he was a symbol and people just want to cling to that. But I think... I think where I, so, so where, if I, like, I'm trying to put myself in your position and uh, I guess your theoretical position, if you were American and mm-hmm. you were black and you're looking at one candidate who has done things in the past that was very obviously harmful. Like it's very harmful. It's not a minor thing. One candidate that I have no doubt about it. He's not going to do anything in that platinum plan. And that's kind of where it goes back to the, not really having the same perspective Mm. it means zero to me that he included this plan because i think he just did it for publicity but past that i feel like you're left with two candidates that one is has done nothing for black people and he probably will continue to do that and he's shown no signs that he would another that although he's done things in the past that were incredibly harmful he is giving you lip service now the lip service, I agree, the Democrats have failed, but the lip service has, I feel, more of a potential to actually manifest into something real because the pressures around that party, at least they have to capitulate, I feel like, to a gr- big voting base for Democrats, which is Black Americans. So I would yeah. think on the from that perspective, it would make more sense to still support the Democrats. And then the final point, I want to get your thoughts on that, is that given the fact that it's kind of a wash in my opinion or yeah. it ends up actually favoring biden in terms of who will do something for black people i do have to incorporate now since it is a wash the primary interest is not very much like skewing either way trump is more destructive in a lot of other ways to a lot of other communities that is documented and i use that word unironically i guess because of all the things he's done to immigrants and the uh-huh. perpetuating and increasing border policies that are really messed up that Obama, I want to put that out there. Obama hundred percent was fine with, he just didn't, it just didn't get publicized, but Trump has like up the ante on that. So it's for those reasons that I don't see what would be the benefit uh-huh. of keeping Trump in power. And especially I feel this way because we saw four years of him, I would maybe kind of understand. And I kind of, and I did in the past in 2016 where I'm like, give this guy a chance maybe for people who are like, like, like in your position and then had those views, because maybe he will just do some things no one ever did because he's not a politician, but he's just been a standard milk toast Republican when it comes to a lot of his policies, which are incredibly harmful to black Americans. All right. Well, I, I, you know, in general, we do agree on, on a lot of what, I, what what was just discussed, but we do we disagree on some points, you know. And one of the main points I disagree with is the fact that I think he has done things for black Americans and black people, okay. meaning the clemency thing. That's huge. He has. And maybe it was a photo op with Kim Kardashian and Kanye. I don't care. If you get things done, that's what matters. You know what I'm saying? If Obama had done has done more of that than Trump, 
then big ups to Obama. But here's the thing. Obama had promised a lot for the black community and didn't deliver, right? So at the end of the day, it, I, I look at Obama sideways as well. Pause again for technical difficulties and we're back on right now. Yeah, as I was saying, Obama promised a lot and didn't follow through for black folks. And what I don't like is that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris are seeming more of the same, right? They're basically the Obama administration, the Democratic establishment, uh, essentially centrists who are going to do more of the same. Now I say we give Trump another chance, vote for him another time, hold him accountable like like black folks should have held Obama accountable, right? And imagine if black Americans were given the smoke they're giving to Donald Trump. Imagine they were on Obama's neck like this. Imagine right. the difference that would have made, right? So yes, the, both candidates are trash, but I my general thing is, I'd rather go with the new and somewhat promising than go do the same old uh, pattern and expect different results. That's what I'm trying to get to. You know what I mean? So, and I think uh, I think Ice Cube was thinking the same thing. Yeah, no, I get that. And so two things there quickly. Uh, mm. What? Okay, so firstly, like what exactly did Trump do though? Like you're saying like somewhat promising and that's the part that I think goes back to our kind of disagreement here is that I don't see what mm. was promising about what he did. And the second part is that um basically when it comes down to it both options seem to be the same like one you've just seen four years of nothing the other you've seen not in power as the president and vice president but you've seen very harmful things happening in the past many years ago but at the same time again i don't see how the smoke that we give to that like black people give to trump why do you think Republicans would all of a sudden be incentivized to listen to a voting base that has never voted for Republicans and that would has doesn't have doesn't see like they will be voting for Republicans anytime soon? Why do you think voting for them would change that? Do you because what if they win and it's because a lot of are you is your basically is my point is are you saying that you want black people to potentially vote for Trump because that could actually make it so Republicans are incentivized to listen to them because now they actually vote for this party instead of just I, ignoring I, them because they never I, vote for them? What I, what I believe is that most black people should be independent, right? And should be centrist at their core and should vote for whichever candidate, conservative or liberal, that best goes with what they need and have proven record and actually have tangible results to what they want. So I'll give you I'll, get, okay, I'll no, give you no, my no. I'll give you my PAV, my point of view. I was actually a Bernie supporter. I still am more on the Bernie side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's proven over his time and over his rhetoric and over who he lines with, guys like Killer Mike, um, people who actually do tangible things and make things happen for black folks. Now, what I believe is that black folks should uh be be uh, going with the candidates and the people who've actually proven and done the, the work. Now, look, yes, both candidates are not great, okay? Um, I'm saying, I understand your point where you said that, yes, uh, Trump has a history 
of uh, fanning flames, saying things, uh, disrespectful things about immigrants, so on and so forth. His rhetoric, um, you know, yes, that's terrible. I, I obviously understand that. But at the end of the day, I understand that as Black folks, right, going with the Democratic ticket over and over and over and over and over again is not the answer. It's not the answer. I personally think it's not the answer. I, I subscribe to the thinking of let's give Trump a try for a second term and see what he does. And I think that when you are you know, so loyal to a specific thing, that thing or that somebody will take you for granted. You know what I mean? And okay. that's something that I believe, you know, black folks have to get out of. We have to, we might not like Trump as a person, but can Trump get us results, real results? Right. Can he invest in our communities? Can he follow through with the platinum plan? You know what I mean? And when it's really telling, it's really telling how when Ice Cube made that contract for black Americans, right? that the Democrats almost pushed him off. That's what he was saying in his interviews, almost brushed him off and said, hey, come after the election. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of funny. Why don't you embrace some of the, 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 the conversation? Why don't you bring in? I'm not saying that they uh, had to follow his plan, but it's the attitude. It's like, okay, we already have your vote. It's fine. Will accomplish that year. Yeah, no, I can I bring can us see in. That. I see what you, you mean. You know what I mean? But I understand your arguments though. And you you're right for them, you know? I just disagree. Yeah. No, okay. I, I think like you know to I mean? sum up really where where we disagree here, it's 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 basically the fact that but I do I think you pose an interesting point that what if black people either withheld the vote entirely or actually moved to the other party, the Republicans? What would the Democrats do if now they realize, okay, we actually need to do something for real or we're never going to get these this community's vote? That exactly. that is that does make sense. I do think that my based on, again, Trump's record and also specifically not just Trump's record, how he's campaigned this time, I think oh. is really telling. I think versus the last time and I've made this point in a previous episode is that Last time he tried to be like a populist. He tried to be like, you know what? I'm actually someone who is uh, against all these free trade agreements. I'm I'm also not like going to cut your Medicare. Yeah, outsider, but someone who could mm -hmm. potentially do some things that a lot of left-wing people, Bernie supporters, could be like, oh, that actually is something Bernie would say. Mm. He stopped doing a lot of that. And, I, and the way he's been campaigning has been so much like, I'm going to energize my base which a lot of them are racist but I, at yeah, the very core true. they're very white they're just white republicans that and he's like i'm not trying to extend an olive branch to any new communities i'm not trying to expand my base i'm just trying to make sure the people that love me vote 100 percent, and that's a strategy and it could work for him whatever but the based on the way he's campaigned it makes me think that that, along with the Republicans' history outside of Trump that has never capitulated to Black people, I don't understand. I don't agree that that is more likely to see results going with Trump, given the fact that the Republicans have not shown that they care, even if a great majority of the country hates them. 
And particularly Trump has not campaigned in a way which makes me think that he cares about extending his base to maybe get more new communities to vote for him. So that's where okay. I see it. But I think it's it's a matter of like what we think is more likely. And I just disagree with the assessment. But I think you're conceptually like it makes a lot of sense. Quick pause here again, not due to technical difficulties this time, but actually because Jean-Luc needed to go to the bathroom. And you know what? QLC TV, we here are accepting and inclusive for all sizes of bladders. So no problem here. And we're back on right now. We back. We black. Let's yeah. go. Okay, so transitioning to talking about uh, basically the overall racial tensions that have been going on in the United States, but also worldwide for, for centuries at this point. I know we don't have as much time due to some technical difficulties with your internet that we had cut out, but I just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on like just basic question. You can take it wherever you like. Do you actually think, let's say in the next decade, black people will be in a better place than they are right now? Um, in the next decade, 10 years from now, I'm going to say I hope so. I say I hope so because this time, especially with George Floyd, Rihanna Taylor, uh, Regis in Toronto, um, yeah, um, Abdurrahman Abdi uh, yeah. in Ottawa with the recent verdict, mm-hmm. It's 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 starting to build up uh, a constant uh, pattern of you know uh, civil unrest and and injustices that's been happening to black folks at, by the hands of the police, right? So in ten years, I hope that things change. I'm very hopeful, but it starts with black people. It starts with us. It starts with us. It starts with us using things like our vote using our education, using our, our strength in numbers to actually uh, ignite the change. This reminds me, that I, I actually tweeted about this maybe an hour before this, uh, this podcast that I pray that this is almost like this 1960s civil rights era. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hope that this time, 2020, is like that because, you know, yes, we can protest. Yes, we can march. Yes, we can do that. You know, yes, corporation can put corporations can put BLM next to their uh, Twitter bio mm-hmm. and think they're actually doing something, which yeah. is stupid as hell. Yeah. But we have to stop the symbolism, and I think it starts with black people. And uh, you know, I'm just gonna put this out. It starts with us as black men, as men, black men being leaders in our families and our communities, actually holding these politicians accountable, holding their feet to the fire on guys like Donald Trump, um, guys like Joe Biden, you know, and voting in our, uh, in our, our districts, looking for politicians who would actually work for us, voting on district attorneys, going to city councils, finding out who our judges are, finding out who you know, our, our um, district attorneys are, um, Guys like Daniel Cameron shouldn't be district attorneys. You know, Daniel mm-hmm. Cameron is the DA who didn't put charges uh, for the Breonna Taylor case, right. Uh, right. didn't lay down the charges on the cops. That guy should not be a district attorney. Yes, he has the same skin color as me, 
but skin folk is not kin folk. I, you know yo, I, mean? I was literally about to say that. Not like Real I was thinking, you reminded me of that. Uh, <laughs> what was that girl that always says that? Anyways, um, the, uh, Angela Rye. Ma- Angela Rye. Yeah, I, I rock with her. I rock with her. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I follow her. Um, she agreed with some of her stuff. She says, but yeah, she. Yeah, she, I was thinking of that exactly thing. when you said it. I was uh, like, yeah, skin folk is not kin folk, and, yeah. and you know what? You gotta ride. You gotta ride with us and your own people, and. I think it does start with black men being better leaders in our communities, our families. And, uh, you know, I really, really pray and hope that this actually brings out real change. And it even motivated me to become a little more political, more politically aware, uh, trying to volunteer more, you know, spend my time. Because, look, we're not going to look for uh, white folks to save us or any other people to try mm-hmm. to save us. No, no, that's pathetic. Let's get educated let's use our power let's use our knowledge let's use our strength as black folks to ignite the change you know let's be martin luther king's let's be malcolm x's let's be muhammad ali's let's be uh rosa parks let's actually be them instead of just talking and tweeting about it you know what i'm saying what would you what would you Mm -hmm. want quickly what what would like a what would non-black people's uh, part in this? Like, what could they do to help mm. everything that you said? Because that was very eloquent, by the way. I thought that was very well said. What Thanks, could man. someone like me or some white people, brown people, mm. whatever, what could other people do to I be think, proper um, I think, I think just support um, your black friends. Uh, you know, try to ask them how they feel and what's going on. Because trust me, you know, as a black person in this time reading about, you know, another one getting killed by the police. Apparently there was one in Philadelphia that just got yeah. killed by police yeah. and now they're having riots. It's, it weighs heavy on us, man. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was almost brought to tears many times during these past few months. You know what I mean? And our mm-hmm. mental health, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So try to support us as much as you can try to support the right black organizations, find out where the money is going there's a lot of scams out here. Oh, yeah. Just be very careful. And, uh, you know, just come come with open arms and open ears and just listen uh, because listening does a lot, you know. Um, and then just do your best to show support as much as you can. Obviously, you're not here to fix everything. You know what I mean? You know, us as a Black community, we got to figure this out. But also hold these politicians accountable, you know work together and and find somebody or some organization you believe in and support that you know what i mean if you don't have any black friends or if you don't have any uh anybody in that situation that's what i would recommend you know what i'm saying yeah yeah no Mm -hmm. love that love that man i think you gotta probably head out now so i think we can wrap it here yeah we can wrap it here but i love i loved having you here man i think this was a really great discussion like i really wanted to hear what you thought and gonna dive in a little bit deeper and i think everybody listening definitely definitely learned something and also you gave something new not that you'd always read in on twitter on uh in the corporate media like this is a different perspective that i think i was more perplexed a little more like i don't actually really understand where you're going with this at first especially with the trump shit but (laughs) <laughs> after that like again we disagree kind of ball, on, huh? yeah yeah we do we disagree on the facts i guess or the oh, or the evaluation of the facts i guess you could say but overall mm-hmm. i i appreciate your perspective and i understand it and uh all i'm gonna say is like really people gotta listen 
to your YouTube channel. People got to watch your watch you on YouTube. Sorry. And people got to oh. read your blog because it's really entertaining and you definitely provoke some thoughts for sure. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate being on this platform man. keep doing you. And uh, of course we disagree. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's part totally of the human okay. existence. And I, I want more discourse like this. And uh, I'd love to be back if you'd like. Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing. This this, was great. And we didn't have time to talk about a lot of other stuff, but definitely, definitely won't be the the last time. Take care, man. You too, bro. Peace. Deuces. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate the support. I love doing this, and I can't wait to continue doing more of these episodes of QLC TV moving forward. If you want to follow me, support the podcast, please subscribe on all the podcast channels that you use, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Rowview, so that's R-O-H-V-I-E-W, and shoot me a comment, send me a DM, and feel free to suggest whatever topic you think I should cover, whether it be some political discussion, music, etc., or if you just wanted to send me some feedback about something that you think I should improve on or consider changing as it relates to the show. I'm definitely all ears. I wanted to start this podcast to, to help myself grow, help myself uh, express myself more efficiently, more concisely, more effectively. So I'm always open to anything that I should improve on, whether it be about how I deliver the show or just to criticize some horrible take that I had. I'm all ears. And I'd also like to extend an open invitation to any artist that makes music. If you want, please DM me, hit me up on Instagram, send me your music. I'd love to give you free feedback and thoughts on my opinions of your work and any other things you could maybe change to make it even better. If you're listening to this show, you know how passionate I am about music, how much I love analyzing music and how passionate I am, I would love to be a part of your creative process to further improve your craft. And also I'd like to extend an invitation for anybody who wants to join me for a discussion on something they want to debate, whether it be a political opinion or a musical opinion. I would love to, you know, have you on the show and have an open discussion with you. I think that would be a lot of fun because, you know, I I really want to connect with you guys and really foster community here at QLC TV. So thank you once again for listening. Peace.